Welcome to the Not All Better Show. I'm Paul Vogelzang, and this is episode number 334. As part of our Science Literacy Inside Science interview series, we're going to be talking with Dr. Douglas Gentile, research psychologist, about new research offering a simple way to improve your mood in 12 minutes. This research is from the Journal of Happiness Studies, which is devoted to scientific understanding of subjective well-being. We all have a remedy, sunshine, exercise, chocolate, for lifting our spirits when we're in a bad mood. Rather than focusing on ways to make ourselves feel better, a team of researchers from Iowa State University led by our guest today, Dr. Douglas Gentile, suggests wishing others well. Dr. Douglas Gentile says walking around and offering kindness to others in the world reduces anxiety and increases happiness and feelings of social connection. It's a simple strategy that doesn't take a lot of time that you can incorporate into your daily activities. Dr. Gentile tested the benefits of three different techniques intended to reduce anxiety and increase happiness or well-being. Dr. Gentile and his research team did this by having college students walk around a building for 12 minutes and practice one of several strategies. I asked Dr. Gentile about the strategy of turning outwards, so to speak, rather than inwards, which makes all the difference in the world in reducing anxiety and increases happiness. Yeah, because not every outward thing that we tested uh, worked. So in this case, we uh, were comparing three different simple strategies that might be used by someone just kind of walking around through their daily life or driving in their car to try to see, you know, does it have any effect on not only mood, but also a feeling of social connection. Um, And one of those, uh, you know, is kind of a classic social psychology uh, idea that, uh, you know, the theory says that one of the ways we improve our mood, maintain our self-esteem is through a process called downward social comparison. And what that is, is where we notice that we're better off than other people. So you might be having a terrible day, but then you see a beggar on the street and you say, well, at least, you know, I, you know, (laughs) I'm not uh, in that situation. And so you feel better about yourself. Uh, So uh, that's one of the conditions. Another is we asked people to uh, consider the people they saw and just think about uh, how they wished for them to be happy. Um, so it's a basic, uh, loving kindness type of, uh, contemplation that the people you see, you just say to yourself, I wish for that person to be happy. I wish for that person to be happy. Uh, the third condition is trying to examine the deep layers of interconnection that we have, because we tend to walk around feeling very separate from each other, although nothing could be further from the truth. And so we asked people to walk around and think about how they might be connected to people, not just that they're perhaps both students here at, uh, at our university, but uh, last week they went to the same restaurant. They had their food prepared by the same uh, chef. The chef got it off a truck who got the food from a farmer who went to Iowa State 40 years ago. Uh, start recognizing that, that we share so much, uh, not only you know, biologically, but culturally and motivationally, and, and look at those. And because we were interested in the effects on mood and social connection, we realized that just walking around might 
improve your mood, uh, as well as looking at other people because we are social creatures. So we included a control condition where we asked people to walk around and just notice how people are dressed. So just focusing kind of on the outsides, uh, you know, thinking of fashions, colors, things like that. And then uh, we had them do this for 12 minutes. They were randomly assigned to one of these four conditions. Uh, walking around the halls of the building for 12 minutes, and then they came back and filled out a number of surveys uh, looking at their uh, anxiety and happiness and social connection. Life on a university campus is, is competitive often, and we're a competitive society by nature. Are there benefits to competition, and, and do they sometimes outweigh the negatives and still produce happiness? Well, they certainly can. Um but in general, you know, competition is a comparative strategy. And, and so one of the kind of surprises in our study is even though social psychological theory says that downward social comparison should make people feel better, it didn't. And I think that's because at its core, it is a competitive strategy. You're comparing yourself to someone else. And you're not always going to win those (laughs) comparisons. You know, I can look at one person and say, well, you know, I earn more money than that person does. And so that's good. But then they're more attractive than I am. So that's bad. You know, and you get into this comparing mind. And so some of the studies have shown that when people are kind of habitually competitive, um, it actually can lead to more risk for depression and anxiety. And so one of the goals of this study was to kind of look at these, you know, simple techniques that we can just do with our mind. They don't require you to go to a Zen center. They don't require you to, you know, purchase anything. But that just the simple thing of what are we, you know, what are we paying attention to and how are we commenting on our own experience uh, of you know, where we are and how that can influence us. Because we do spend a lot of time being very anxious and worried and stressed. And in response, people tend to uh, try to come up with a strategy uh, to, to resolve it. The problem is, of course, all those years of strategizing are what got you in the problem you're in now. <laughs> so, so, in a sense, we wanted to look at what if you did something a little bit different with this study? And so ultimately what we did find is that when people walk around and wish each other well or wish other people well, that led to increased happiness, decreased anxiety, increased empathy, and an increased sense of social connection. If they uh, practiced the interconnection, you know, thinking about how they might be connected to other people at these deep levels, that didn't seem to change their happiness or anxiety, but it did increase their empathy and their feeling of social connection. And as I already said, if they uh, thought about how they were better off than other people, that actually had no benefit. This idea of comparison is an interesting one, and, and, it, and it's talked about uh, a bit in the research, which, which we will put links up to, but comparison is something that goes on uh, from early in, in our development, even as, as children, we see it all the time in social media. And while the, the research wasn't focused on social media, so how do we avoid comparison, especially in places like social media? Do we need to avoid comparison? Well, I'm not sure we need to avoid it because you know there's nothing inherently wrong with you know, comparing yourself to others. In fact, that's how children mm-hmm. learn to do almost everything, right? They, <laughs> they watch someone do it and they, they figure out how and they try it and then they see if their result was similar <laughs> to the 
uh, you know, the adult who is showing them or whatever it is. So it's actually a really useful strategy in some respects, at least when we're growing up. The problem is that we then overextend that strategy to all sorts of things where it's not so useful. You know, comparing your car to your neighbor's car doesn't really help you. <laughs> uh, you know, comparing what you're wearing to what other people are wearing. Uh, I think the 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 obvious uh, example where this the strategy fails is if two women wear the same dress to the same party. <laughs> they feel terrible about it, even though clearly they both thought that was a great dress. <laughs> <laughs> and rather than feeling validated that someone else thought it was a great dress, somehow that's bad. You know, as a man, I'm somewhat confused by that. <laughs> but I, I think what it shows is that whether or not we're trying to, we're kind of constantly scanning the environment uh, for you know, threats and opportunities. That's just our evolutionary heritage. And part of that becomes starting to compare what we're seeing with what we do or what we have. And, and so when you're on social media, it's, it's hard not to have, you know, let that part of your brain kind of take over. And you're, you're, especially when what you can do is like things <laughs> um, or dislike them or you know, that, that you're actually asked to make a comparative judgment by the, uh, the social media. And I'm not saying that that necessarily is bad, but I'd ask people, do they feel better after spending time doing it or do they feel worse? And if I watch my teenage daughter who spends a lot of time on social media, she never feels better after doing it. She thinks she does, but she always comes out of her room in a much worse mood. And so I think it's not, you know, there's nothing necessarily wrong with it. But if you're not even paying attention to what effect does it have, then you're not really, you know, then it's just going to have these effects on you and you're not going to know why. I really like the idea of connectedness. It's just something about that in our day-to-day uh, -day, uh, outward behavior, whether it's opening the door for someone or just a simple smile can lend itself to some, some positive feelings on, on both sides. You know, this is not part of this study, but my belief about people is the number one thing people want is to be heard or to be seen. They want to feel that's, you know, that's about that connection. They want to feel like someone else is noticing and is caring. And, and whether or not, you know, you do something overtly, that's one of the things that's really interesting about this strategy. The people, you know, if I was walking around the halls of my building and wishing others well, they didn't know that. I wasn't saying it out loud to them. Um, so I don't know if it has any effect on them, but it has an effect on me. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. you know, I think I'm doing something for someone else, and yet it makes me feel connected. And I think that points to the fact that this idea that we're we're so separate and alone isn't real it's just an idea in our heads and we can overcome that idea with another idea such as wishing other people well dr douglas gentile thanks so much for your time we're at about 12 minutes right now i i'm feeling much better but i uh did do a little bit of research on you and uh and i, I wonder if you'd tell us because you you say you study media effects 
So tell us a little bit about what that means. You study media effects. What, what are media effects? So I study how mass media, television, video games, uh, movies, music, the internet, uh, influence uh, children and adolescents. So most of the work that I'm known for are around things like, uh, you know, violent media and aggression or video game addiction or things like that. So this study is uh, stepping out of the normal type of research that I get to do. and. That made it a lot of fun because it's much happier than many of the other studies I end up conducting. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Dr. Douglas Gentile. What a pleasure it is to talk to you. Uh, congratulations on the research and I want to put this into practice. Great. I hope you do. <laughs> thank you very much. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. My thanks to Dr. Douglas Gentile for spending about 12 minutes with us, helping us to be a little happier by sharing his excellent research about how to help others look outwards rather than inwards and offer some kindness to others. My thanks to you, my wonderful, happy, Not Old Better Show audience. Let's talk about better. The Not Old Better Show. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>